the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I believe the the great Bubby Brister was the first person I heard say that after a bad Steelers loss. I guess kind of appropriate for today. But it was back in April when the big guy went on national TV and said this, remember? If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. Where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. But to get there, we can't let our guard down. This fight is far from order from over, as I told the woman in Pennsylvania. I'll tell you the truth. On July 4th, with your loved ones, is the goal. But a goal, a lot can happen. Conditions can change. The scientists have made clear that things may get worse again as new variants of the virus spread. We've got work to do to ensure that everyone has confidence in the safety and effectiveness of all three vaccines. So my message to you is this. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He's assured us the vaccines are safe. They underwent rigorous scientific review. I know they're safe. Vice President Harris and I know they're safe. That's why we got the vaccine publicly in front of cameras. So for the world to see, so you can see us do it. Yeah, and uh, they did it. And here we are five months later, and Joe went on TV today and got his booster shot. Wear a mask, flatten the curve, get vaccinated, get vaccinated again. It's been eight months, and it's never going to end. Meanwhile, we may not have heard the end of the January 6th insurrection, uh, new developments with the FBI's involvement. When we come back, we're going to hear from a guy who saw something fishy and wrote about it way back in January. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue. Olive's got some skin issues. He gets really going and scratching. Excessive shedding, a lot of just scratching and itching. Digging, scratching and itching and biting. On top of that, he was starting to get black buildup in his ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times that I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. We started Dynavite, and in our first stock, we noticed a difference, especially with the shedding. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. We've got four dogs, all different ages, all different sizes, and they've all just responded really well to the Dynavite, and they all love it. We will be using Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. We order our Dynavite from Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. I'm Andy Solomon. If you see something, say something is more than just a slogan. It's how we protect our communities. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security's If You See Something, Say Something campaign program manager Ryan Streeter shares more. To keep our communities safe, it's important for us to stay alert and report suspicious activity. If you see suspicious activity, report it to the nearest local law enforcement agency. Be ready to describe what and who you observed, as well as when, where, and why it was suspicious. September 25th marks the fourth annual If You See Something, Say Something Awareness Day, and DHS is encouraging everyone to participate. Use hashtag Day to post on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to share why recognizing and reporting suspicious activity is important to you. You can also visit our website for more ideas and share important resources to inform others. To learn more, visit dhs.gov slash day. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. Enjoy the John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, pretty big development in that January 6th insurrection story. A member of the Proud Boys, who uh, we find now is an FBI informant was texting his uh, handler during the riot, and the FBI knew that the Proud Boys were headed to the Capitol beforehand. J. Michael Waller is a senior analyst at the Center for Security Policy. He wrote about what he saw just a couple of weeks after that uh, that day. He was there as a, an eyewitness, and he took a lot of heat for what he wrote from some, play, from some places. And Michael joins us now. Michael, thanks for being here. Hey, John. It's great to be back. So, uh, as I said, you, you wrote in The Federalist on January 14th, I think the headline, I'm looking at it right here, uh, I saw provocateurs at the Capitol riot on January 6th. You were accused, of course, of spreading conspiracy theories. Were you surprised to hear over the weekend that the FBI had an informant with the Proud Boys that day? Not at all. Not at all. This was uh, There were a number of uh, uh, FBI and other informants in a, a lot of these types of activities, including that supposed plot to kidnap the governor of Wisconsin at about the same time. So uh, prosecutors are charging the Proud Boys with conspiracy to attack the Capitol building. In text messages, the informant made it pretty clear to his handler, I think, uh, that there was no plan to attack. What does this do to the government's uh, case and the narrative? The more evidence that comes out, the more it undermines the the entire case. Because remember, if this is supposedly insurrection, uh, no reason to charge with insurrection. It's a it's a federal felony with a ten year prison sentence. Nobody's been charged after all this time. So this is undermining it. This is not the only uh, member of the Proud Boys who who was an FBI informant. The leader of them was also revealed to be an informant, and he just happened to get arrested on a minor charge. Uh, a day before the uh, January 6th events. So he was put out of commission with a convenient excuse not to be there. So what's the significance of this, though, Michael? I mean, of what of, of, of uh, is it a big deal that the, that they maybe not that it's been made known to people like you and even to me? I you know look at this stuff every day. But the average person 
and and the Democrats who are trying to push this narrative. Is it a big deal that this has come out? It's a big deal because the uh, it shows that our federal law enforcement knew in advance that this was happening, and they knew as it was being executed, and they did nothing to try to stop it. So it leads one to to take seriously the concern that this might have been some kind of a setup by somebody to affect a political outcome or to smoke out a lot of other people and create a narrative, a nationwide crackdown. Well, have you learned anything aside from what we're just talking about here, uh, anything in the last eight months since you wrote this piece in January to make you change your narrative, either to, uh, I don't know, stand behind it more or maybe think that you missed out on anything? No, that Federalist piece you referred to, I actually wrote it that afternoon and night of January 6th and in the morning of January 7th because I wanted to memorialize what I saw without having it colored by what anybody else told me or what I read in the media or anything else. So that's a, sort of what I literally saw at that time without any other influence. The only thing I would change now is certain context of what I saw, but I still stand by every word that I wrote there. And and nobody's proven me wrong on anything. And I kind of wish they did, because I wish it wasn't an organized, uh, some organized action that might have had uh, the federal authorities as part of the part among the organizers. I didn't allege that in the article, and I still don't allege it today. I just said I saw what I saw. There was organized cadres, some of them in uniform, some of them wearing, meaning uh, uh, paramilitary-style uniform, helmets and body armor, uh, looking back on what we saw afterward, they were marked in uh, colored tape to designate different units. So there was a command and control for this whole thing. The Capitol Police didn't know. They didn't know? The Capitol Police, they didn't know. You could see it was obvious in there in the article that they didn't have any command and control. So you have some Capitol Police who were heroically fighting guys who were trying to smash into the Capitol building and who are beating the crap out of some of these Capitol policemen. You had other Capitol police in other parts of the building who were letting them in. Yeah. There was no command and control. It's... So it shows that the FBI didn't even inform the Capitol police that there would be this kind of violence when they had an informant right at the top. And it's important to, that, that uh, it's an important part of your piece that you did write this without having watched any media reports of what happened. So you weren't influenced by anything except by exactly what you saw and what your impressions were of what you saw. Exactly. I even saw you know, QAnon man, the guy with the, with the painted face and the buffalo horns yeah. and everything. I saw him. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea at the time, but I realized that I saw him when I looked back at my photos and I actually took pictures of him right there on the Capitol steps, about three yards away from a row of police officers who were all just standing there. They didn't have any idea who was who either. Well, so if, it, it's a, go ahead. Sorry. Go no, I, I could go on forever on this, John. It's no. just that, it, that this was organized, that the FBI had, now we know, at least two informants in there. We real, I think there were actually more because the Capitol Police Chief, the one who had just been forced to re resign, said that two days before the, the uh, violence, uh, the Capitol Police had prepared an intelligence report that Antifa and Proud Boys and, and another group were going to be there, naming them. Now, somehow Antifa fell away. You don't hear this anymore, anything about Antifa, but it was the Capitol Police intelligence report of January 4th said that this was going to happen, but the conclusion was that there would be no violence. The key is, the Capitol Police doesn't have its own intelligence collection unit. They get everything from the FBI and the Secret Service and the Department of Homeland Security. So someone higher up knew that something was happening and never even told the Capitol Police. So, that, yeah, so if the FBI knew this was coming, would that explain why there weren't more Capitol Police or the National Guard troops there to stop it? Or would that raise the question of why there weren't? That would certainly raise a lot of questions because certainly the Capitol Police's job is to protect the entire uh, legislative branch of our government, of our country. They have a profound constitutional duty, and if they were not informed, they've got a 2,200-man force. They only had less than a third of the force on duty that day. 
when I walked by their headquarters uh, that morning, I lived near their headquarters, and I said hello to these guys getting dressed in their tactical gear. They were obviously not ready for what was coming. Uh, but is that, I mean, the fact that they weren't ready does, in some way, that bolster the um, argument that this was a big surprise and that it was uh, well organized by the attackers and that they kept it yes, secret. It was well organized by the attackers, but if you have FBI informants who were among the attackers, and those in, that information never got from the FBI to the Capitol Police, you either have a mass failure of incompetence at the FBI, or you have some sort of criminal conspiracy at the FBI. We don't know. So, um, would it be wrong for me to to then take from that that they wanted this attack to happen, they knew it was coming, and they were kind of prepared for it, but um, we're not going to do anything to stop it? You know, I would not have said that on January 6th, but now I have to ask the question and take the question seriously. But what's your answer right this minute, anyway? My answer is I don't know, but it looks really, really bad for the federal authorities, and and I I no longer can dismiss it as crazy talk that that the FBI and other federal agencies knew in advance and chose to do nothing, and might have even been um, uh, okay with the planning of it as an excuse to crack down later on. It would be political warfare waged against the American public, which is illegal and unconstitutional. So somebody's got to be brought into account from the FBI, either for incompetence, dereliction of duty, or something criminal. And uh, if you were to vote right now, which one of those three would you vote for? (laughs) (laughs) Tough question, I know. It's all equal. I mean, there's a lot of incompetence, there's a lot of dereliction of duty, and there's a lot of criminal behavior, as we've seen at the top levels of the FBI. So uh, I'd pick door number one, two, or three. <laughs> well, um, what we know, what we've learned about some of the things that the FBI had been doing or had not been doing during some of these various scandals and you know, going all the way back to Russia Gate and all that stuff, um, should people be, and are you, more willing to... Ex- uh, ex- um, Accept, uh, not not accept, but um, expect, expect the worst, or, yeah, accept or... Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I expect the worst only because the FBI itself has become so politicized that it can no longer function as an objective, uh, impartial federal investigative and law enforcement agency. And will the continuation of this case... What are the chances that it's, that it, that the FBI is going to come out looking any better after all the facts start to come out and after people are brought in to testify under oath about it? Uh, unless the FBI has some real exculpatory evidence, I think it's going to look awful. And I think uh, just, the, just the very fact that there are 14,000 hours of Capitol Police video that, that are being withheld from public scrutiny, and even from some of the defendants' legal teams. This is not classified information. Like, almost nobody on the Capitol Police has a security clearance. And you have classified information to protect, what, sources and to protect methods. But everybody around the Capitol knows that there are static, you know, security cameras. Any tourist can see them. So that's the source and the method. And then any body camera from the Capitol Police officers in the fight. So there's no reason for the Capitol Police to be withholding these 14,000 hours of video when what I'm coming out with a piece right now, looking back at my own video and having gone over hundreds of hours of other amateur videos, showing that there was no insurrection. That you had violent, organized, small groups causing terrible violence and crimes against our country. Exactly. But there was no insurrection and that was the that was the line from the very beginning that there was an insurrection well they don't talk about it now unless they use that word insurrection it's uh, riots not good enough it has to be uh insurrection uh you would think that if that all those uh hours of video fourteen thousand, whatever it is um if they bolstered the case that uh, they'd be out there pushing it on the media and saying hey look what we found here look at this this is this this is how oh, bad things yeah. were it would have been leaked left and right, and then there was the Capitol Police would have gone on the record, and, and members of Congress would have gone on the record after the briefings from the Capitol Police. 
these guys are on the defensive because they know the evidence does not support their narrative. Well, but, well, based on what you saw uh, through with your eyes and what you've seen in the uh, video that you looked at eight months ago and what you've seen when you've gone back and looked at more, um, what 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 is there? What case can be made? But what what kind of a case can they make that there was an insurrection? I mean, what what do you think is going to be their case? Well, they can't because they they they've not charged anybody with it. They're looking for something to try to stretch the truth or stretch circumstances to get people to admit they were committing an insurrection, but there wasn't one. There was a violent riot. There was destruction of property, uh, but there was not a connection for them to be. This see, this was part of Nancy Pelosi's narrative from a year ago that there was a domestic enemy in the United States, and that domestic enemy was the public mem- members of the public who supported President Trump mm-hmm. and Republican members of Congress. When she talks about domestic enemy, she's raising a constitutional question, because, of course, every federal officer has to take an oath to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So she, as the nation's top elected Democrat at the time, is providing cover to go after these domestic enemies, and they had this whole narrative of some sort of Trump refusing to leave office or whatever else. And, and so this, this culminated in that. So I can see where, where uh, people would, would organize a protest that was angry about Congress, angry about the election tallying and the processes and so forth. Very, very angry about that. But that's different from an insurrection. The videos don't even show much anger. They show pretty much a happy crowd of normal Americans excited to be in Washington for the first time, uh, making their voices heard at the Capitol. But from what I saw and from others saw, it was mainly a polite, orderly crowd. And yeah, they were mad, but they were not violent and they were not uh, being extremists even. The violent ones were these small organized groups of, you know, no more, probably no more than a couple hundred who had been put up there in advance to actually commit the acts of violence and then separate units that had come in to actually invade the Capitol. And then the the Capitol Police who were there, they fired on the crowd with tear gas and, and rubber bullets, right? And that got them really yeah. cranked up? Right, yeah. I didn't see the rubber bullets. I saw plenty of tear gas being shot. I was gassed myself six or seven times. Yeah. And they were using flash grenades. But it wasn't the high-powered stuff. It, it was very low-level irritants. What it did, though, was they weren't going after the people who were causing them violence. They were just going after innocent people and then getting them angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Capitol Police are great at crowd control, and they're great at working with people in crowds to calm them down. And say, Hey, can you help us make sure nobody gets hurt? And this kind of thing. There wasn't even an attempt to do any of that that any of us could see, and I've never heard the Capitol Police say that they tried to do it. There's a video that I've seen... Um I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, and if even if you can remember if you've, all the video you've looked at, but uh, there's a video that I saw this weekend uh, from January 6th, and it's a guy with a MAGA hat on, and he's imploring the uh, the five or six Capitol police who were there to call for help because he sees right. things are getting right. out of hand, and they just stood there and, and ignored what he was saying and ne- never reacted at all. What what right. does that, what should that. I take from that? Terrible command and control. When you have now, now, well, you can take a lot of things from it. The nice, the, the kindest view is bad command and control. These police officers, they were dressed in tactical gear. Their job was to protect the Capitol. But if you notice where they were standing, they were standing there with a big bronzed and heavy, like three inch hardwood doors are that were locked shut. They didn't need to be standing there. They needed to be standing near the windows that were not fortified, that people were smashing to get into the Capitol. So either th- those officers were either told, don't do anything, they were ordered not to, or simply they were given no orders at all and and were awaiting orders. I got a minute left, uh, and we're, t- we're finishing up here with uh, J. Michael Waller, Senior Analyst for Strategy at the Center for Security Policy. You're working on another story uh, for tomorrow. How much can you tell us without scooping yourself? Oh, that's just a big 5,000-word piece. It's a giant, giant story where it links to the actual videos or during the exact minute when the video was taken and the location to show this was not an insurrection. And uh, can you tell us where it's going to be tomorrow? Not sure yet. It, it, uh, either the, the, the Center for Security Policy at securefreedom.org yeah. okay. or 
the Federalist, but I anticipate it will probably be uh, the Center for Security Policy at securefreedom.org. And I'll be able to see it tomorrow? Hopefully. Okay. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Michael, always good. some lawyer hold it up. <laughs> yeah. Always good to have you on. Appreciate it, man. Okay, John. Good talking to All you. All right. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden has received his COVID-19 booster days after federal regulators recommended a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine for Americans age 65 and older and approved them for others with pre-existing medical conditions and high-risk work environments. The president says the unvaccinated are making things difficult for those Americans who have received their shot. About 23 percent haven't gotten any shots. And that uh, that distinct minority is causing an awful lot of us, uh, uh, an awful lot of damage for the rest of the country. He's visiting Chicago on Wednesday to emphasize why he believes it's important for most Americans to be vaccinated. A federal judge says John Hinckley, the man who tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan, can be released unconditionally from the restrictions he's been living under next year if he remains mentally stable. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Charlie Kirk explains how our country has changed in the past 18 months. The American way of life has been hijacked by unelected scientists and experts that have cared much more about controlling your children, forcibly inoculating you. Wow, there's so much happening behind closed doors. The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town, or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? Hi, this is Beth Andrews from NetWorth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why NetWorth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the NetWorth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. NetWorth Advisors, 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC and or Net Worth Advisors. Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think now, especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue. And Dynavite has helped tremendously in our house with that. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times. I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. The Dynavite, the being at home, working with them, they all love it. Me and Chewy are together 24-7. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching and he's an all-around happier dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. 
Stop and go on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissville and also Parkway East outbound right around Churchill before of a crash on the shoulder. Inbound Parkway East, it's heavy Edgewood Swissville to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, then County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the Parkway West inbound, stop and go traffic in pockets anywhere from 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound pretty heavy Banksville Road out to Carnegie. Crosstown Boulevard inbound, heavy volume from Bigelow Boulevard into the Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Brandon Joseph. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Tonight will become cloudy with a thunderstorm in spots towards dawn. Tonight's low 63. Tomorrow we'll see a few showers of the morning. Otherwise, clouds and breaks of sunshine with a high of 74. Tomorrow night will be clear and cooler with a low of 49. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 72. Thursday, mostly sunny, a pleasant day on tap, high 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Democrats are still out there every day talking about how Republicans want to suppress the vote of minorities, of course. Uh, And there are lots of lawsuits pending against states that are trying to eliminate fraud. May Davis is a visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum, and she says this could backfire on the Democrats. And she joins us now. May, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So how will these lawsuits backfire? So the piece goes through the frenzy surrounding Texas and Georgia's elections laws, which, as you know, are reasonable laws. They do things like ban overnight voting and ban having a drop box in the middle of the road. It's got to be inside and secure. Um, but even Texas, the first day that they had their, their law signed by the governor, there were already five lawsuits suing against it. And the piece concludes, basically, be careful what you wish for. If you continue to tell minorities the system is rigged against you, there are a bunch of racists trying to prevent you from voting, it's not going to inspire people. It's not going to inspire minorities to participate in the system. You're going to think the system's rigged against me. Why would I engage in in such behavior. Um, but the piece goes through other, other things as well, which is it is a little bit racist to say that minorities are somehow unable to comply with reasonable voting laws. And it questions whether Democrats have a platform that actually inspires people to get up and vote or whether they have to do things like this in order to secure votes. And the, the piece is at the Boston Herald. Where can, how can people find it there? So you can go to the Boston Herald website, or uh, another easy way is IWF.org, that um, independent women's forum, and that will have not just my piece, but a lot of the women who write with IWF on IWF.org. Okay. So uh, this is really uh, strange to me. Why do the Democrats, who already have at least 90% of the black vote, feel the need to, as you say, Uh, in your piece, inflame the racial divide with this stuff. How does that help them? Well, they've picked states strategically. So, for example, they did not pick Mississippi. Mississippi has some of the strictest voting laws in the country, way more strict than Texas, way more strict than Georgia. Um, You can't have an election season. There's not early voting. There's not mail-in balloting for no reason. But In Mississippi, a higher percentage of black voters vote than uh, white voters, of the registered voters, which just shows you that these reasonable voting restrictions don't actually cause racial differences. But they've targeted these states that have slightly lower uh, black voter percentages than white voter to make it seem like the Republicans are all trying to get you and that Republicans are all racist. And if you look at why they would do that, uh, for black voters, there was a survey. What's the, the top thing or things motivating you to vote? And the top thing for the 2020 election was anti-Trump. We, we want to get Trump out of there. It had nothing to do with policies. It had nothing to do with the way that they want to see safe communities or anything like that. And so these types of sort of anger-inspiring issues play into the Democrats, what they think is going to motivate voters. But at some point, you can only cry wolf for so long until somebody realizes, oh, 
I don't I don't need to vote overnight. I, I can vote at 10 p.m. That's fine. And also, um, I, I, would it be a good comparison to say if you live in California where uh, there's no chance on this earth, at least at this point, at this uh, time and day, uh, that that you are going to get a uh, you're going to have the uh, a president win California in the electoral college, that that in itself might suppress Republican voters on election day. I'm not going out there. What, what you know? What am, what what, am, what good am I going to do? So the same thing could happen right. in Texas, which has been red forever. They're not going to turn it blue. It's- Exactly. And so if you if you feel like there's momentum on your side, if you feel like you might win, then um, then you'll show up to vote. Although what's surprising is actually uh, and this is, you know, Trump, which every Republican president or nominee is going to have a different percentage. But he actually increased how well he did with black voters in between um, the 2016 and 2020 election. But you're right. People show up to vote when they feel like it's worth it. And that means a lot of things, whether I really care about the person and I hope that they win and I like their policies, whether I think that my vote matters, it's close. And so what we should be doing is, is trying to inspire people and making sure that they know that their vote matters instead of just saying the whole system is rigged against you, which doesn't work for either Republicans or Democrats. I mean, if voters in Georgia really just feel that the system is rigged against them, they're not going to show up to vote. And guess what happened in Georgia in the runoff? Hundreds of thousands of Republicans did not show up to vote for the runoff. And now we have two Democrat senators in the state of Georgia. Yeah, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? Um, so uh, you mentioned Mississippi. Are there How uh, are their voting laws in Mississippi compared to what Texas just uh, um, passed in the last few weeks? And and other places that are, are that are accused of being restrictive, how does how does Mississippi law compare to those? So Mississippi is one of these rare states um, that does not do mail in balloting unless you are military. You've got an excuse, a reason that you're not in the state. What a concept! So huh? that is, yeah, I I know. I remember <laughs> when basically everyone was like that. Um, the first time I got a ballot that just showed up at my house in Colorado, I was like, I, I don't know, does this doesn't seem right? Um, but uh, yeah, so Mississippi still doesn't have mail-in balloting versus both Texas and Georgia do. And they've tweaked various rules around it. Like, hey, you can't give people multiple mail-in ballots, right? There's somebody has to actually go and ask for it. And so you can't just send an extra ballot to somebody who hasn't asked for it. So that's the kind of thing. Like, these are major differences. Mississippi, which doesn't do it, versus Texas and Georgia, who do, and just try and make sure you don't have several of them. Um, also, early voting. Mississippi doesn't have early voting. And uh, Georgia, one of the things that they did is they shortened the amount of early voting days. Those are huge differences. You can't do it. You have to go show up on election day versus just now you only have 17 days. And, you know, early voting should be a really controversial issue in this country. What if you find out something horrible about a candidate four days, three days, two days before the election? You've already voted. Um, and, And we just treat in this country early voting like it's some constitutional right. But but actually, it's. It's crazy if you think about it. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how it's gotten to this point. It's, it seems crazy to me. Uh, but um, and we're talking to May Davis. You can find uh, her piece at uh, iwf.org. She's a, a visiting fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Um, could a Democrat be turned into a Republican voter? You're talking about backlash by being insulted about their ability or willingness, uh, you know, to follow reasonable restrictions. Well, I want to be uh, positive and say that that a Democrat might look at the thing that's going on and, and feel offended or somehow uh, switch. The stats just aren't there. There are very few independent voters. People are, are stuck where they are. So we'll continue to make the reasonable argument um, because, you know, the the liberal policies have really not done well for our country and for our inner cities. But unfortunately it's, it's 
it's harder said than done. Uh, and and so, um, is there any momentum for blacks to come away from the Democrat Party? Do you think, based on what happened in 2020, and you know, they he, uh, Trump got more votes in 2020 from black voters than he did in 2016, or is Certainly it going to go the other way? The movement is in the right direction, and I think you see, uh, if you can maybe show that there's a big party of big government versus a party of small government, I think that minorities really should be, at the end of the day, in the party of small government. Why are you telling me that I have to take a vaccine when I've already gotten COVID and I know that I don't pose a risk to my family? Those types of things. So I think it requires recasting the way that we see Republican versus Democrat versus I'm going to try and control your life and um, and I'm not going to. Yeah. And and you mentioned that uh, that the the survey showed that uh, for Democrats, the number one thing in 2020 for them was beating Trump. That's what got them out to the polls. Uh, you know, that's beginning to look more and more like Trump's going to run again in 2024. Um, would the would it actually if the Republicans really wanted to suppress the, the black vote, would they not run Donald Trump again? Um, well, I, you know, it's just so funny that that we're even in this point about thinking that the, that's what Republicans are looking to do. But you're completely right. Republicans have always been the party for people who distrust the federal government, for people who want control over their own lives. And so, no, Republicans would not do, you know, things that they thought were going to suppress minority votes, including like picking a presidential candidate based on any sort of racial reason. I think the the, the racist party, and, and they do it in the way of, oh, we're being nice is honestly the, the Liberal Party. They think that black voters are somehow unable to vote 14 days in advance, so they need 17 days in advance, or that black people are somehow unable to vote on Sundays, so they need to vote on Saturdays. These are really, really concerning assumptions, and they're just they're completely unlike things that Republicans are offering. But, is, I mean, they've been doing this for a long time, May, they, and... and- they continue to do it, and I think they're going to do it again in a year from now, and they'll do it again in uh, three years from now. I mean, they, they, they're not going to change, are they? I mean, I'm talking about the Democrats now. No, absolutely not. And so what, we're, what, what we need, we need uh, conservative people. And you don't even have to be a Republican. You can just be a conservative libertarian, a, convert, a conservative person who doesn't care, just a reasonable person to be school teachers to be university professors, to be, like you're doing, media personalities, because the messages that you receive day in and day out from celebrities, from, from every angle, but going just to school, is that Republicans are racist and that the system is rigged against uh, minorities and you can't achieve, but maybe if the, the government was big enough, maybe if we sued enough states, Maybe if, you know, these southern states weren't so Republican, if they weren't so racist, then you'd be able to achieve. And unless we see really good people going into those grassroots places, it's it's going to be difficult. And the, uh, I'm sure the Democrats are not going to stop offering free stuff. I mean, they're obviously they're trying to push this thing through now. That's going to be. And Bernie Sanders said it's the, the greatest uh, group of programs for working people since the uh, New Deal. That's a pretty scary proposition. They are not the least bit shy of still pushing that, so they must think that's selling still. Well, if you cannot work and get paid versus work and get paid, I guess that would be better. I think we'd all love to be billionaires and just jet set around and, and not work. That might be lovely. Um, so I think that the Democrats are not, you know, they're not taking a gamble here. They really do think that people will enjoy having more benefits for less. But it's extremely, extremely short-sighted because as anybody who's traveled to a kind of third-world country has seen, 
where the government has run out of money, where it doesn't have ability to borrow, where there's not a lot of growth in your country, everything is a little bit worse. The schools are a little bit worse. The roads are worse. People drive older cars. They have older homes. And by piling, piling, piling on the debt so that they can win a few votes right now, they are ruining the lives of us and our children into the future and our, our country that we love. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I, you know, we got another, uh, well, we got a long time before the midterms. Uh, who knows what could happen between now and then. But uh, I have a feeling that the Democrats aren't going to change what they're doing. And I, I would expect to see the same thing, right? Absolutely. And so, and, and the Democrats know that they don't have, that even free government programs, it's, it's a winning proposition, but it's not inspiring. You know, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I, I'm going to go stand in line and why so that I can get like ten more dollars on this check. It's just it's not that inspiring. So they've got to do something to push their agenda through, which is like voting in your bathroom with no ID. <laughs> and well, I'm, you know, I, I, I just may I'm I'm holding out. I'm out of time here, but I'm holding out. I, I might switch over. I'm waiting for free shoes. Uh, they, they, they're promising everything. I haven't heard anybody, uh, promote, I think shoes should be a, uh, uh, a, a birthright. And so everybody should get free shoes. I'm waiting. Somebody has got to come out with that eventually. Well, I don't think the government can afford the shoes that I like to buy. So. <laughs> Maybe not. I, I don't, I wear pretty cheap shoes. Hey, I'm, I, May, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, that's Mae Davis. She's uh, with the Independent Women's Forum. You can find her at IWF.org, and I'll be right back. We love our cellular shades from Blinds.com. They're beautiful and make our entire house feel more like home. Thousands of customers update their home every month with Blinds.com. Whether you just moved to a new place or just want to give your home a little love this fall, go to Blinds.com for brand new window treatments and make your house feel more like home. Blinds.com makes it easy and affordable to upgrade your whole house with the latest styles, premium materials, and even motorization with no hidden fees or misleading quotes. Not sure where to start? Get advice from a Blinds.com professional design consultant for free. Whether you want to do it yourself or have them handle the measuring and installation for you, Blinds.com has you covered with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Go to Blinds.com now to shop and save up to 35% off site-wide. That's Blinds.com for up to 35% off. Blinds.com. Pay over time with PayPal credit at Blinds.com. PayPal credit is subject to credit approval. Visit Blinds.com slash PayPal for details. Rules and restrictions may apply. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow's mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, Mike's offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great specials. That's 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Planning for retirement can seem like an overwhelming task, especially if you're doing it on your own. There are so many questions to answer and only one chance to get them right. When should you start collecting Social Security? What is the best way to minimize taxes? How will you pay for health care costs? Get answers to these questions and much more by attending the Retirement Planning Made Simple course offered by the Synergy Group. This course is designed to help those near and in retirement make more informed decisions about their financial future. The Synergy Group team will give you 
you unbiased, actionable advice that will help you navigate the path to and through retirement with confidence. To sign up for a retirement planning made simple course, call 800-321-7963 today. That's 800-321-7963. Or visit pghretirementcourses.com. Securities offered through GW Cole Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through GW Cole Advisors. GW Cole Financial and GW Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group, Incorporated. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I only have about a minute and 50 seconds here, and I don't, I don't know if... I think I want to talk about the Steelers. It's Monday. Uh, for about, uh, I don't know how many years, I, I did a piece every Monday on KDKA TV uh, called Steeler Monday, where I broke down the game and got sound bites and that was from traveling with the team and all that so a couple of quick thoughts on the game number one Ben Roethlisberger is taking way too much criticism for or blame I should say he deserves criticism way too much blame the offensive line gave him pretty much no chance uh he threw the one interception he threw was unbelievably ugly People are talking about Ben Roethlisberger's arm being shot I don't think that's the case at all what's shot what are shot are his feet he doesn't move in the pocket as well as he used to. And if you took Ben Roethlisberger in 2000 and pick a year, 2005, when they went to the Super Bowl, uh, if you took away his escapability uh, and from that point on in, the, uh, in his career up until yesterday, uh, if you eliminate that es- escapability from him, you have an average quarterback. With it, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback. He doesn't have the ability to extend plays the way he used to. He used to be able to make something out of nothing. Now he makes something worse out of nothing by trying to scramble, by trying to make a play. The kinds of things he used to get away with 5, 10, 15 years ago, he ain't getting away with them anymore. And uh, the offensive line is a big problem. And one last thing, Najee Harris still waiting Not impressed. I mean, impressed, but not as a first back picked in the draft. Talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.